listening to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. Zero! Miedo! Because the Warhorse will fight until he breathes! His last breath! I got the whole damn world in my hands! Your arms are just too short to box with God! You just made the list! But the man is back! Daddy's home! Ricky ain't about just taking titles, I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to Villain Enterprises! Don't no company, no entity, all pro wrestling. No more questions. Not that damn now. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's Journey into Wrestling, Season 4, Episode 16. I'm your host, Nate. Today, joining me, as always, back yet again, the greatest tag team partner in the world. Welcome back once again, the phenomenal one, Buckles. How you doing, bro? I'm still here. The the COVID ain't killed me yet, by God. <laughs> you, you didn't get. You ain't caught the Rona yet. Rona ain't taking you out yet. I ain't got the Rona now. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you're doing well. Uh, it's really interesting because as we were prepping the show, it's like they're really. Last episode was massive. There was so much to talk about. Right. And then wrestling slowed down. It's it really like it hit the brakes pretty hard. Although like. I shouldn't say wrestling put on the brakes, but the on-screen product has put on the brakes. There's a lot of shit going on in the wrestling world at large, but uh, actually getting to watch shit's kind of been a slow roll for the last couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a strange time. I mean, I've actually missed a couple Dynamites. I need to catch up. I didn't even see last week, so that's how far behind mm-hmm. I am. Like, that's genuinely true, and I have not, up and until last week, missed a Dynamite in my entirety of being a fan of the uh, of the product. So far, I haven't missed one yet, but I did willingly sit out a SmackDown on Friday this past week. Now, granted, that's because I'm a junkie and had to watch the NFL draft, but I didn't really miss SmackDown too much, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't even, you know, right now I feel like there's so much to talk about, but there's also not a lot to talk about. I will right. say maybe we should just jump right into the train of what the fuck is going on with the Money in the Bank pay-per-view? Yeah, I think uh, 
I can get. I'll, I'll kind of slam through the WWE headlines first for the, the main roster stuff. Sure, that uh, sounds Money great. in the Bank obviously is the big one, um, and it is. It's going to be the most unique Money in the Bank we've seen so far. It is the quote unquote climbing the corporate ladder. They're actually having the show in Stanford, Connecticut. I'm not sure they may have actually filmed it. I'm not. I as of right now, I don't know. I but, uh, have seen set photos already, so I believe it's been filmed. I think they have, yeah. Um, but yeah, you supposedly the entrance will start at the bottom of the building and somehow work their way up the building to the roof, in which we have a ladder match set on the roof of the Titan Towers of Stanford, Connecticut, and head scratcher because it, we've. My initial thought would be, oh, this is going to be a shit show. But we did just see two cinematically filmed matches that were wonderful. They were so great. you kind of have to give them a little benefit of a doubt at the moment. It's, uh, it is odd. Have yeah. you seen the set photos yet? Have you seen any of that? I The only thing I've seen, if I can recall correctly, there's like they have trees up on top of the building. Yeah. And it seems like it's in this little courtyard up on the very top. Which, and the dead center of the building is yeah. trees uh, yeah. ar- surrounding the ring. And the ring, interestingly enough, they had both Money in the Bank briefcases up at the same mm-hmm. time. I, I I don't think they're going to have both matches ongoing at the same time. At least I sincerely hope not. No, that would be that a total shit show. Too, yeah. That would be a little. That'd be a bit bridge a little too far. My question is, um, do you have, yeah. like, time limits per floor are there special stipulations on each floor? I Does somebody get eliminated at the end of yeah. each floor when the elevator, like, ding? You know, like, is there a secret True. boss at the top floor? Yeah. Like, there, there are so many questions. I The, the couple things that I'm looking forward to, con- like, conceivably, there's a couple things I'm looking forward to, and then one thing that I'm really kind of disappointed by, the two things I'm looking forward to is that they showed with the Firefly Funhouse that they're willing to throw some nostalgia into these. They're willing to throw some Easter eggs. The, the SmackDown fist and all the, you know, the short shorts on scene and all this, the, the throwback stuff in that Firefly Funhouse match. I want to see what kind of artifacts and what kind of uh, nostalgia stuff they've got laying around the, uh, around the, the headquarters. Oh, you know, you it's know, stacked down see, with all kinds see of them cool show shit. show up in Mankind's boiler room. Ooh. I want to see them brawl through Vince's office, you know. I want to see if they've got, like, the original, like, I want to see if they have a tribute to Vacant in there or something, you know? Oh, have you, do you know the rumor of why they decided to do this thing there? Um, not really. Okay. My assumption is just because they have legal rights since it's their building. It's actually stranger than that. And when I heard this, um, we'll call it, I'll say it's a 47% true rumor because I haven't actually looked it up and maybe you can look it up, but it does sound true and plausible. Apparently, WWE is no longer going to be based on a Stanford and that building is being sold. That is true. That was going to be uh, kind of the next thing I'm hoping for. Supposedly, they're moving to a new building. I don't know whether it's in Stanford or where, but yeah, there's some, they've been working on construction on a new building prior to all this COVID shit happening. So don't you think, um, I mean, my, my yeah. the first thought in my brain, literally my little fucking antennas go off, but like my first thought is if that's the point and they're going to demolish that building anyways, why not let them go fucking nuts and demolish that's, it yeah. as they're having the match? That's what I'm hoping for, honestly. I'm hoping to see, I, it's a sad thing that Braun's not involved in any of it. Give me Booker T. Braun Austin. Like, yeah, at the grocery store. Braun damn it! Somebody throw. I want to see Braun throw somebody through a, like a, a, a drywall, like just go smashing through a wall somewhere. Yeah, that would be um, amazing. 
it, yeah, if they're actually, I know they they've commented that with their cost cutting stuff, they were putting construction on the new building on hold for the time being. Um, but I don't know if that means they can't already be in there. So I don't know how much of the Titan Towers are, you know, quote unquote destructible environments, so to speak. Totally. Uh, I will I'm say, really hoping they maximize up on that. I really do. Yes. My thing is, uh, yeah. the thing that like kills me is, honestly, if I'm a wrestler, I don't care if there are trees around me. I know I'm going to be up on a building, and as soon as I climb that ladder, I'm going to get the craziest fucking vertigo. <laughs> right. Can you imagine? Think about that. No, Just I, really I, think I, about I, it. You're, I, in a, yeah. you're in a ring. The ring is at least four foot off the ground. Then once you get to the top rope, that's another, like, Four feet, about eight foot tops, seven right. foot probably. Okay. Ladders are usually about 15 to 20 feet. Ladders about 15, 20 feet. So let me tell you what, as soon as you get to the top of that ladder, you're going to see off the side of the building past those trees. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> at the top of the ladder, you got to think you're about almost 30 feet off the ground normally. But now you're 30 feet off of however many stories. <laughs> Ooh, hashtag no thank you. No, absolutely not. Like and if, let me just say, I'm very thankful that Jeff Hardy is not part of this match. God damn, he would have <laughs> been like, Jeff can I swanton off, the, off the top of the building to the ground? Yeah. Can Honestly, we find a my, way to do biggest, that? My biggest disappointment with the match, sadly enough, they're only having six people per match. And that bums me out because what I would love to see them do if they were going to go full-on destruction, just put like static cameras. Like, look at. Have you ever seen the uh, the movie The Belco Experiment? Dude, that is one of fuck yes that you brought up that James Gunn vehicle. Yeah. That is an amazing movie. Yes, but I I want to see that. Just put up like static cameras. Don't have the camera crew following him around. Just do it like CCTV, or you have static cameras in like every room in the building, and lock the doors and let twenty of them just go nuts. And whoever actually like not actually because you obviously want to have some plan, but. Then you make it to whoever gets to the top, got to the top, and then they, they can be brutal even, you know? Right, right. And, um, right. The, the people that I, don't know the – hold on, time out. I, we need to really yeah, quickly ahead, back up. Ahead. The people that don't know about the Belko experiment need a little bit of backstory. So this movie, just to quickly give you a brief synopsis, every day Joe Schmo is working in this office. They go to this place. They work out in, like, South Africa. So they, like, have this, like, office building out in South Africa. Suit and tie businessmen, you know, real nice building. They're all in there having a good time. All of a sudden, the entire place locks 100% the fuck down, and a voice comes over the radio and says, in exactly one hour, if 30 of you aren't dead, we are going to start shooting people in the head at random. Our choice. <laughs> Good luck. It's, it's a yeah, it's a great concept. Oh, it's fucking messed up though. That is a messed up movie. It's very good, oh, yeah. but it is very messed up for sure. I'm glad yeah, you brought I'd, it up. Yeah, I'd love to see them just brawl through the entire building with like 15 or 20 people in the match and just let them go ham. So I'm kind of bummed to see only six. I am happy with who they have in it, though, for both matches, actually. Give us the lineup because um, I'm actually, uh, yeah, I have no idea. So... As of right now, they haven't gotten all the qualifiers done. There's still one to be done on SmackDown and one to be done on Raw next week. Sure. Um, Excuse me. They're both to be done on SmackDown this week. I apologize. Um, We have Brian by virtue of beating Cesaro. uh, Rey Mysterio by virtue of beating Murphy. uh, Aleister Black over Theory. uh, Apollo Crews uh, with an asterisk behind it. uh, Apollo Crews over MVP to get in, although he has now been taken out of the match. 
uh, due to injury, which we're not sure if it's kayfabe or not. Uh, we have Corbin in the match after beating Gulak. And the last spot is left for uh, Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, which Ooh, we'll a grudge match uh, hanging over from mm-hmm. Mania? Right. Nice. Um, so right now the, the match is uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black, Apollo Crews, Baron Corbin, and either Otis or Dolph. And Smart Money, I think, has to be on Dolph. He's the, no offense to Otis, he's the better worker, and the lineup they already have in there, putting Otis in makes him kind of a red herring of he's obviously not going to win, but they're going to make it look like he's going to try his damnedest to win. Well, I mean, just to be completely honest with it, I know they just took Cruz out of the match, so it depends on who they put back in there. But let's say Otis wins. You have Brian, Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black, uh someone and Otis and Baron Corbin is the one heel face. I would say face, 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 face. Yeah. Corbin's the one heel in the match. So it in really in order to balance it, they need to replace Cruz with some form of a heel and have Dolph win, I think is where we're going with it. And um, it really remains to be seen who they replace Cruz with at this point. Smart money would be on one of the, uh, Zelina Vega, Andrade, Andrade, man. Andrade is the one that took him out of the match, supposedly. So, Andrade, or if they don't want to put the champ in there and you know risk the champ getting the, uh, the briefcase, would be a good spot for Austin Theory or a good spot for uh, Angel Garza. And really, I think Garza would be the shoe in personally. Okay. So I could easily see it being Brian, Rey Mysterio, Black, Garza, Corbin, and Dolph. But it just kind of depends on what they want to do with it, and. I'm praying like hell that if that's the case, if that's the 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 group they end up with, they put the uh, the briefcase on black. That would be awesome. Because much deserved. Because Brian seems to be on his victory lap on his way out. Rey Mysterio, yeah, it'd be fun, but there's just not much story there. He's on his way out too, man. Yeah, he's kind of on his way out. Um, you said it yourself. If they put neither Otis or Dolph is going to win it. Correct. Dolph is the heel, everybody. I mean, Dolph is going to take... Honestly, it's weird, though. If you put Dolph in there, it takes some heat off of Baron. Yeah, that's true. So it's a tricky tricky bitch. I'm I'm terrified they're going to put the briefcase on Corbin. Horrible. They've already done that once. I know, but I don't want them to do it again. (laughs) He didn't win the title, though. I know. You're not wrong. He's always the bridesmaid, never the bride, bro. Yeah. Um, and then for the women's side, uh, we have Asuka uh, after beating Ruby Riot, Shayna Baszler after uh, bouncing out Sarah Logan, maybe from the entire company. Um, Spoiler Nia alert Jax on the over, episode. Yeah. Nia Jax over Kyrie Sane, uh, Lacey Evans over Sasha Banks. For some reason, Dana Brooke over Naomi. <laughs> That's and weird. The last match is uh, Carmella and Mandy Rose. And uh, personally, I'm seeing Carmella win there because they're focusing a little more on the the uh that should be a run in from uh Sonya Deville costing Rose that at some either she's going to cost her the chance to get in or the match itself one of the two. Do you have to ignite that feud with something that's bigger than just the Otis thing? Oh, they've already got it. They've already got that feud built right now. Yeah. Between Mandy and Sonya, which I'll get to that here in a minute. But I think that's your your next step is that one of them's going to have to screw or that that uh, Mandy Rose is going to get screwed by Dana by Sonya Deville at some point here soon. Um, 
yeah, Dana, Dana Brooke winning over Naomi is just a bit of a head scratcher to me. She's just cannon fodder. But I'm also a little harsh because I'm not a Dana Brooke fan by any stretch. So I'm a little biased there. Um, the only other two matches that we know for Money in the Bank at this point um, are Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre. And I, they might be, I think they're doing Tamina versus Bailey, but I don't know if that's official yet either. Um, I don't know why they're pushing Tamina, but they are, and I'm not really going to dwell too much on it because it's not going to go anywhere. We know this. Because right now they can, I can tell you why they're pushing to people like Tamina, and they're they're pushing these certain. You just you just are like, why are they giving certain people these pushes? And I'll tell you exactly why. Now is the safest time to risk pushing someone like Apollo Cruz or Tamina or or fucking whoever Dana Brooke because right now what's the one thing that can't happen you uh, don't right now they can't yeah they're not losing people it seems like they're not no they're not getting immediate backlash from the crowd right if Dana right. Brooke wins and put and gets put over over Naomi on a Smackdown episode dude yeah. people are gonna boo her out of the fucking building because it's not what people want when they were in the crowd and That's when true. you could feel the energy. It's different now. So now this is very true. Yeah, some of these people, these B list, C list players who've never gotten chances in a weird, strange turn of events, now's the safe bet to do that and keep the gas pedal off of some of your stars you want to push later when crowds are there again. When you can I really think go over also the top. You said for the fact that these are getting pushes because some of your big stars are intentionally not working these shows too. Also, that is also true. Some uh, stars saying like I'm not like Roman Reigns saying yeah. I'm not risking it, man. It's not worth right. it. We haven't seen Kevin Owens. We haven't seen AJ. We haven't seen Orton since Mania at all. None of them. Nope. So really, the same people have been featured on Raw and SmackDown for the last two weeks, three weeks, anyway. But um, I mean, the the other thing with uh, Dana Brooke specifically, I, I can see them putting her in the match because they don't have enough bodies to do it otherwise. Um, you have Tamina and Bailey feuding because they have everybody else in the roster either doing the money in the bank or they're in money in the bank. Yeah. Or they're somehow adjacent to a feud already. Um, I do want to touch on just to kind of jump across, uh, while we're talking about the, the, the women's money in the bank, one of those qualifying match was, was Nia Jax and Kyrie Sane. And I don't know if you've seen this, but, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't Nia have a slight bit of a reputation? Yeah, she is a botch queen, and she did it again, bro. I saw yes. the spot. It sickens me. Yes. So here's the thing. Nia just got back from double knee surgery. She already had this reputation of being dangerous in the ring. Then we get this weird thing from Ronda Rousey that may or may not be related. I don't personally think it's related, where she was calling the business fake and going on about blah, 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 blah. And Nia Jax, before she even makes her return, comes out of the blue and says, I'll fuck you up. You come fight me, I'll kick your ass. Did she and really? Going, she's calling and, uh, and calling her out for not being safe because Ronda injured Alexa Bliss. So Nia is calling Ronda out for being unsafe, which is pot kettle black. And then Nia goes out and... Not only has she got her reputation for hurting people, she goes and, and throws Kyrie Sane on a 
not quite a German, but just throws her into the turnbuckles on like a. It was a buckle bomb. It she was go, she was, she like was going for a buckle bomb, but on. bro, you cannot listen. I'm not a professional no. wrestler. I've not tried the buckle bomb. No. One thing I can tell you, there are two things that are important to that move. One, you as a person throwing another fucking person have to have a solid base with which to do so. And B, they have to be ready so that they can give themselves just that little extra push to get where they want to go to where they take the bump where they mean to take it, right? Well, we have precedent on two occasions. A lot of people do the buckle bomb. It's it's not it's a common move. However, that ended Sting's career. Hundred percent. And it took Balor out for over almost a year. We both know those are similar things. The issue with Nia and Kyrie. And this is the fucked up thing is that Kyrie weighs what ninety seven fucking pounds. Light. She's not very big, and Nia Jax is a human being that is a bit sizable to say the least. Her her shtick is power, right? She was too far away. She was like two and a half steps back from where she needed to be before starting the move. So when she threw Kyrie, even with all of her strength and Kyrie's lack of weight, she didn't go as far as she needed to, and she ended up just cracking her head on the turnbuckle. No, no, no. Not just on the turnbuckle, bro. Let's be specific. She smashed the back of her cranium on the bottom turnbuckle as she hit the mat almost simultaneously so there was no way to protect the bump. Horribly reckless and horribly done on a girl who just got back from a concussion, no less. And then, yeah, it's just just more of Nia's reputation solidifying itself and, and... God damn, I hope she never comments again on Twitter about somebody being unsafe because, Jesus fuck, stop it, you know? Yeah, it's going to take somebody getting severely hurt by Nia for her to to, to, admit it. to get it through her head yeah. or for it yeah. to end her career because she's just an unsafe worker. And that happens to people, man. Right. The, the right. unsafe workers fade themselves out. You know, we went a year and change or whatever without Nia Jax. I didn't really miss her. I don't mind her as a person. Like, I don't mind her, her character. I don't mind her. She seems like a nice person outside of the ring. Sure, yeah, that's fine and but, all. But no, when it she, comes to the she sport. Is not, she's not a safe worker. Simply that. Furthest she thing just from has it. proven herself to not be a safe. She damn near killed, killed Charlotte by dropping her on her fucking head. Like, it's, she has a history and a reputation proven, documented, for being unsafe. And... It's going to bite somebody in the ass eventually. You know, it's interesting, too, because there's uh, – it's funny we're talking about unsafe workers, a little mm-hmm. wrestling aside here. I did recently watch a video on YouTube. It was 10 wrestlers who saved other wrestlers' careers, okay? I think I saw the link to that on YouTube. I haven't watched it yet. Dude, there are some spots in there that just like, oh. Okay, so the, the one that gets me is – Jeff Hardy's trying to go do that like fucking spin twist jumpy thing that off the top the rope thing, yeah. And he doesn't get anywhere close. And Jericho like fucking dive pushed himself mm-hmm. up, so he was like sitting on the top turnbuckle instead. And then they're like, yeah. and you think this yeah. is crazy? Jericho is 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 paying it back because when he was younger in his career, he almost got fucked up. And I right. think it was like Mister Perfect or somebody. Right. Adjusted and saved Jericho's career because he missed the um the lion salt. He was gonna the one that comes to mind for me initially is uh, from Mania a couple years ago, the Andre Battle Royal, when uh, Harper was gonna suplex Ali out of the ring and took a boot from I think Sheamus and uh, goes over and Ali almost like gets neck and backed into the uh, announce table. 
if Harper didn't move, he'd take the brunt of it on himself. Yeah, it and was. The reason I know about that is because Ali like publicly thanked him for that. Yeah, it's like that's not um, something you often get in wrestling, but there are times when wrestlers right. know like they were close. Right. It's not. It's just, it's it's not the fucking salsa, bro. It's not easy, right. and you know everything's not right. hunky dory. Sometimes shit goes weirdly wrong. Right. So. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah. So that says so there's Nia Jax. We've already touched on Tamina. I do want to touch briefly on Sonya Deville. Sure. Uh, they finally pulled the trigger on making her a full-on heel. Uh, they kind of they pulled the trigger at least a little bit before Mania, uh, with the reveal that she had sent the text that broke her and Ot- or broke up Mandy and Otis's date, but they didn't give the reason for it until a couple weeks ago after Mania. Uh, Deville is acting all contrite and you know just wants to talk to her and wants to clear the air, and then just goes on this like. Uh, just flips a uh, flips a switch and goes aggressive on her, and you know I'm just here, be- or I was always here to make you look good. You bleach bot, you bottle bleached bitch, or something like that. And, Damn! Um, oh no, it was it was rough. She was it was a good heel promo, and she's like, I'm going to devote my life to making your life a living hell. <laughs> um, so we have a full on Sonya Deville heel push, which I am all for. I think she needs it. She of um, that of that um oh god what was that team it was Paige's team Oh the uh, iconic Absolution no, 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 no. Uh, Absolution uh, Yeah Absolution So Absolution was Mandy Sonya and um Paige. who It was Mandy Sonya and Paige was the original And Paige Absolution. correct And then they became Fire and Desire and now they've become a mini feud which you know um, it makes sense for the long haul yeah. journey, but the way they're doing it, it's, it's good. It, it's it's a shame that Fire and Desire never got a tag championship because they should have. But I think they, I'm glad to see both of them getting a little uh, independent push. Um, Liv Morgan is also getting a push. She's beaten Ruby Riot clean the last two weeks. She's someone that I was never that high on coming out of NXT. She's getting better, so good for her there. Ooh, former Riot um, Squad buddies. Well, yeah, there's the other half of that is that Sarah Logan is now no longer with the company, although she may be coming back. We're not entirely sure yet. Yeah, is um, it time to get into that drama? I want to get through a couple other stuff first. Before sure. We get, I want to get through some good stuff before we get to the bad. How's uh, that? Okay, I'm all about that. I like uh, fluffing it up nice before you're going to let it down soft. We uh, we do have uh, the New Day winning the tag championships on SmackDown in a triple threat match. Cool. Uh, Big E winning, which kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I don't know if that's signaling that Miz is still out. Well, no, Miz was in the match, so I guess he's not out sick or anything. But uh, I'm wondering if one somebody's taking some time off there. Um, they also debuted the Forgotten Sons on SmackDown. Kind of, I'm guessing, as a replacement for the revival. Um, we also have on Raw, Bianca Belair officially called up to the main roster. Um, nice. Her boys, uh, the uh, Street Profits, are now feuding with uh, the Viking Raiders, who are getting the weirdest booking around right now. They go from dead serious, dead serious to carpool karaoke, carpool karaoke last week, and then back to serious this week. So I, I don't know what the hell's going on there at all. Dude, I'm telling you, WWE is currently in the experimental phase. And they're trying they're, shit. They're like, they're getting, okay, is it going to be good? No, nope, it's fucking good. dumb. Stop. We don't yeah. have to keep going with it. They're getting some definitely good stuff out. Uh, Zelina Vega is a really prominent role on Raw right now because she's managing that heel squad. 
of uh, Garza, Andrade, and Theory, uh, and Theory, and all three of them are getting a pretty good rub coming out of it. at least they're getting their asses kicked, but they look good and they're important on the show. So that's definitely something. Zelina is getting to be a hell of a manager. Uh, vocally, she's done some great mic work. Uh, I enjoy the hell out of listening to her tear down Byron Saxton myself. <laughs> um, so that's been a really nice thing. Really, the coolest thing to me is how great Rollins' heel turns become. He was already doing really well going into Mania. The last two weeks, he has dialed it in beautifully. Um, I think he's found a promo style that works really well with it. The character's taken an even darker turn since losing at Mania, uh, even though it's not entirely likely that McIntyre's going to lose the title anytime soon. Um, did you happen to see any of the highlights from Raw last night? No, I do know that um, AOP's out, right? Yeah, AOP is out for the time being because one of the two is actually hurt. So... That means that the Monday Night Messiah only has Buddy Murphy on his side right now? Is that's that correct. That's correct. Accurate? Okay. Um, um, go ahead. They had the uh, the contract signing last night. It was one of the better contract signings I've seen in quite a while, actually. Interesting. Um, yeah, you had, again, the silent arena helps. It honestly does because it helps the, the quiet promo style that Rollins has kind of adopted. And he comes out and McIntyre signs the contract immediately. Just puts it down, signs it, ready to go. Looks down at his wrist and, you know, time's ticking, Rollins. Let's go. Let's sign it now. And uh, Rollins goes like, you don't get it, do you? I don't want to do this. This isn't something I want to do. I don't want to take the belt off of you because I think you're a good person. I think you're going to make a great champion someday. But I need to do this. I have to do this because we need a leader and you're not a leader. Ooh. You're a great, you'll be a great champion someday, but you're not a leader. I'm a leader. Them's fighting and words. Like, he's it's this whole greater good thing that he's doing. And he kind of wraps it up. And uh, McIntyre looks at him and says, oh, I, you know, Seth, that's that clears up a lot of things. It's very clear to me. It's And he says straight up, it's clear to me that you're full of shit. <laughs> he says, when you talk, no one wants to hear you talk. You put your foot in your mouth. We don't want to listen to you. No one wants to hear you say a word. And he says, you you stomped my head in a couple weeks ago, but you didn't finish the job. When it comes to money in the bank, you need to finish the job. Go for the throat, because I sure as hell will. I will myself. Nice. Rollins says something about, you know, have some faith. And as soon as he does it, McIntyre just bounces his head off off the desk and throws him out. Throws the desk away. Uh, gets ready to do the Claymore, and Murphy jumps him from out of nowhere. Of course. And then uh, uh, lays lays out McIntyre. Uh, Murphy goes to pick up Rollins, and there's this this reaction that Rollins has where he's almost ready to, like, like he, he reacts and almost, like, backhands Murphy. And then, like, realizes who it is, walks over and gives him this big hug. And uh, if you can imagine it, uh, Murphy's back is in the like uh, in the corner. Rollins is facing into the corner, so they're hugging it out that way. Okay. And Rollins' back is to the rest of the ring, and all of a sudden Rollins just ducks out of the way, and Murphy gets claymored. <laughs> Damn. And basically, he just like he 
you could set it up to where he was he was hugging Murphy and you know showing his solidarity, but at the same time you could say he was just putting Murphy into place and sacrificing his ass <laughs> so he didn't get hit. And that's how they ended the show. Awesome. It's a it's a great segment. Really one of one of two very cool segments last night. The other which I sent you, <laughs> if you remember. Uh, the would slap be the, heard uh, around the world. Oh my god! Uh, again, I think it's just the quiet of that arena um, to set up a U.S. title match. Andrade says, "You know, uh, to Apollo, you're not ready for this opportunity." And Apollo says, "Oh, how about now?" And then just slaps the fuck out of him, Woo. and it sounds like a driver hitting a golf ball. <laughs> now I'm going to ask just, you this question because we have had this. Sure. Do you think they added a sound effect to that slap, or do you think it was authentic? No, I don't. Because if you if if you watch that video, there's sweat that hits the camera lens. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, there's actually a couple beads of sweat that hit the camera. They he slapped uh, the piss out of him. <laughs> they pulled that off of uh, Twitter, by the way. Oh, did they? Uh, yeah. The one the one I sent you wasn't uh, wasn't WWE official. That was a uh, uh, at Italo Santana. Yeah, that one got pulled. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, because uh, I went to look at it today for some reason. Oh, I was going to send it to my buddy Rob, and uh, yeah, it was gone. I was like, oh, what the crap? Oh, that's a shame. Um, yeah, if you get a, if you can find it, watch it, because my God, it's wonderful. Um, and really, like, again, good for, good for, uh, good for Cruz. I'm happy that he's, to see he's getting some sort of push. I'm a little leery of the fact that uh, they're pulling him out of the match, but you know we'll see what we can out of it. Oh, here, I found the I've got the video here. Send it to me so I can send that to him. I'll do it after. Oh, I'm we're actually off the I'm gonna show. see if I can pull the audio up. I'm gonna play it on the microphone. This is too good not to be to be portrayed here. Yeah, please do, please do. Let me see if I can pull this up here. I don't know if it'll work or not. We're gonna try it. I God, I love that. Whew. Slaps so good. <laughs> just it was only seven seconds too. It's like the best seven second clip yes. to watch. It's it's just perfect. Good for him. If nothing else, it's a great moment for him to finally hang his hat on. Yeah, I cracked him real nice. Uh but yeah, that's the that's pretty much the main roster WWE stuff. Uh, I can touch on NXT really quickly before we get into the the obvious headlines. Yeah, let's um, touch on NXT. NXT, you have uh, the biggest thing is the Cruiserweight Interim Tournament, which is actually really cool. Again, I mentioned it last show. They're doing a round-robin, which WWE never does. Uh, they've actually had all the first-round matches, uh, which Block A was uh, Kushida over Tony Nese and uh, Jake Atlas in his debut over Drake Maverick, which is a great story two ways, uh, which I'll get to also in a minute. Um, actually, I'll touch on that here. Uh, block B, you have Tazawa over uh, Swerve Scott, and in his debut, El Hijo del Fantasma over Jack Gallagher. Um, for those of you who don't know, you, uh, Fantasma is the former King Cuerno uh, of Lucha Underground as well. Nice. Um, the weird, and it, again, all the matches have been really good. As a matter of fact, the... Uh, Kushida Tony Nese match is very good. Um, and I'd love to see them run that back at some point. Uh, cool format, cool idea. Uh, 
the weird thing is that Maverick's in it. Maverick, we're going to get to the releases here later on in the show, but Maverick is technically no longer with the company, but being allowed to finish these this tournament as a, a independent, I guess. Um, and they're actually mentioning it and leaning into that story on the air. Ah, which means that's bullshit. No offense. It it is, it is, but it's. He listen. Okay, I'm gonna say something. It's, it's weird. It really is. Are we are we gonna get into this black one? Is is it? Are we kind of like easing our way into this right now? Because I'm do... kind of easing my way into. It. I wanted to hit the headlines and then we were gonna dive straight into the Black Wednesday. Sure. So but, yeah. My thing with Drake Maverick. I saw the video. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's a fantastic promo. It's a great right. promo. It's a promo, but it's yeah. not the real dude. And maybe some of that is really him. Okay. I get it. But mm-hmm. to say that of all the different people that came out, I w- listen, black Wednesday happened. Any person that put on a video or something talking about their release or what's coming next. I watched it. I've watched every single one. And, right. and, and, and when, when we're naming down the list, if I, if they had a thing, I'll be like, I watched it. You know, yeah. But with Drake Mavericks thing, okay. He's leaning on this hard promo because he mentions Triple H directly, and he's naming all this shit, and he's putting his soul in into it, and cutting a promo that's maybe unlike what he's been allowed to actually do in the company, and it's a right. real side of him. So if now if if they really were letting him go and it was like uh, okay well this we have to cut costs this is just the way it is bud sorry or spud rather than bud i guess right. but um they wouldn't be mentioning it on air it delegitimizes it for me the minute you mention it on air because i'm going you quote unquote leaning into that means that you're trying to play on real human emotion mm-hmm. to make us actually feel for this guy so that the feel quote-unquote feel-good payoff moment that you give us is him getting his fucking job back that's just it like he's already lost one match for one so he has to win out to win this thing and i don't know that they're going to do that no of course they won't it's i can't decide if it's a great story and just in in a self-contained sense if it's a great story to let him you know, have his final hurrah and try to, you know, win this on his way out, or if it's in really poor taste because it's salt in the wound. Yeah, it's a salt. It's not just salt in the wound just to him, but to everybody else that got released. Correct, because it's, it's like really, it's it's a blur between the two, really. Absolutely. Like he's a hell of a ba- he's always been a hell of a babyface. That's what Rockstar Spud is. Uh, what Drake Maverick is, but. It's 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 a good story that I think is the wrong time for it. If that makes sense. No, I I absolutely agree. I think it's a terrible time to lean in on people yeah. are losing their jobs. Will they won't yeah. they get it back type thing. And um yeah. I I mean, I think that and especially with the list of people on screen and off screen that were let go by WWE right. in the past week which is worth mentioning. It happened on Black Wednesday, which was between our yeah. two episodes. So no, we there's weren't... more added to it today, actually. Okay, so let's just get into it, bro. Start slinging names, and as you are slowly slinging names, I'll probably have a couple side-to-sides, sure. and I'm sure you will as well. Sure. I'm going to come back to NXT the, uh, headlines here in a bit then. Okay. Um, 
so the list, uh, the full list, uh, full list of released uh, is as such. Uh, Kurt Angle. These are the actual release, not furloughed, but officially released. Uh, Kurt Angle, Rusev, Drake Maverick. Saw his video. Carl Anderson. Saw his video. Luke Gallows. Eric Young. EC3. Kurt Hawkins. Leo Rush. Uh, Heath Slater. Saw his thing. Aiden English. Saw his thing. Uh, Sarah Logan. Uh, longtime referee Mike Chioda, which honestly was the most surprising one on the on the whole thing for me. Totally. Uh, both of the Colognes, Eric Rowan, uh, Mike and Maria Canellis, uh, Zach Ryder, No Way Jose. Saw his uh, thing. NXT, we have Deanna Perrazzo, Tynera Conti, Cesar Bononi, who won an award for them as like upcoming art or best breakout star a few years ago. Uh, Tina Sabatelli, uh, coaches Ace Steel and Serena Deeb, uh, and Cassius Ono, the uh, Chris Hero, is coming back. Um, and then the last name that got added today, actually two names that got added today, one to the furloughed list was, uh, well, I'll get the furloughed list later in a moment, but the last name on the release list was Cain uh, Velasquez got cut today. Yeah, two fights so in seven months get you cut. The, yep. So Kofi lost his title in eight, however many seconds for nothing really. Totally um, ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's that still pisses me off. And then on the furloughed side, all, all producers you have Billy Kidman, Mike Rotunda, Fit Finley, Pat Birch, uh, Davari, Scott Armstrong, another longtime referee, Sarah Stock, Shane Helms, Lance Storm, and as of today, Gerald Briscoe. Wow! Just an. Yeah, to see Briscoe getting released when he's one of Vince's boys. Is Briscoe. Th- you know what that yeah. might be, though, really? Can I say something? It could just be age. He is old as fuck, and we haven't seen yeah. him on TV in, like, 20 years. So, yeah, they're well, fucking I mean, furloughing him because he's goddamn retired and probably shouldn't be in the company anyways. Well, I mean, he is. he's not been on screen just because, literally, he's been a producer. I mean, same as all the other ones. When was the last time you saw Kidman on screen? No, I'm fair point, fair that. point. That's the idea is you're not supposed to see him on screen. But um, I'm kind of surprised just because he's one of Vince's boys, and Vince always takes care of his boys to see Briscoe go. But, yeah, what are you going to do? And, like, I mean, there's some names on that list of Rusev being uh, kind of an outlier because he wanted out anyway. The Canellas um, is wanted out anyways. Jose, Canellas no way Jose anyway. is kind of a surprise, but he was just a gimmick character. Have you, <laughs> have you seen the... Uh, a lot of them have put up merch on uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. No, recently. not yet. I mean, immediately. Um, matter of fact, uh, Heath Slater's first shirt. Do you remember his I Got Kids shirt? Yeah. Black shirt, white circle. It says, I Got Kids. He has one that's now a black shirt with a white circle, and it says, I Got Fired. I love it. Um, Jose has one, uh, full name, uh, Levis Valenzuela. Uh Put out a, a he had a picture that he had tweeted out prior to getting fired of him on I believe it's like a, a train or a subway or no it's it's a, a airline terminal it's the the tram uh, going or shuttle from uh, one part of the airport to another with no one else there no one else on the thing and it was him going to the performance center to do a taping during this pandemic uh, you know showing that he's the company guy that's going to fly from wherever he came from to Orlando just to tape a show. Tweeted that, and then got fired. 
So his first shirt is that picture. Amazing. <laughs> said, all this and they fired me. What's up? It's it's the idea that like he did all that shit for them and they fired him the next day. So that's his that's his shirt. Oh. Does it say um, anything or is it just that picture? I think I don't remember if it says anything or not. I know it's the picture. Um the the whole shit of it is the whole shit of the of the firings and everything is that they can say what they want about cost cutting, but when it comes down to is they're not doing this to save money. None of this was done to save money. They're not hurting for money right now. Uh uh-uh. uh. Li- quite literally, their their uh, quarterly uh, finance call or whatever you want to call it came out like less than a week later. They are insanely profitable right now. Of course like, they, they are. They're the only entertainment that's still going. Cash. Yeah, they are. And they're they're flush with cash. A because of the billions they got from Fox for SmackDown, the billion they got from USA for Raw, and whatever fucking blood money they're getting from Saudi Arabia, they are legitimately flush with cash right now. They cut costs not to protect a loss of money, not because they're you know in any danger of going under or that because, oh man we got to buckle down we're losing money hand over fist no. They cut costs to protect the profit margin they had projected. For their stockholders. stockholders, You're going to make, this is the profit we're projecting for this year. They cut whatever they could to maintain that profit, that profit rate. All of that, all of these people that lost their job at a time when no one is hiring. You're not going to see any of these folks showing up on MLW or AEW or you know, impact or whatever show right now because no one's hiring. I don't know about that though. We're gonna get I mean, into that yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. You might see some AEW. They're they're still doing all right money wise, but like they don't have these these folks can't go take independent bookings. You're not gonna see you know Eric Rowan showing up in Limitless Wrestling, or you know you're not gonna go see uh, uh, EC3 showing up on Beyond anytime soon because they're not taping shows. I'm going to say something controversial. Go ahead. I don't want to see EC3 on fucking anything. Fuck that guy. Really? You don't like him? He rubbed me the wrong way after this firing. If you go read his tweets, man, I don't have time for somebody who is just that instantly negative. It wasn't even about like the way he handled getting firing as much as he, how he's handling fans. He's uh, like, gonna, no, I'm not going to do your stupid bit. fucking podcast and all this shit. Like Throwing shade at people that would help him, and I'm just like... That's weird. Dude, like, that's not the way. And then Heath Slater's putting his fucking real-ass email. Hit me up here. You know, same yeah. thing for uh, Aiden English. Hit me up here. This yeah. is where you can email a lot of them, me. A we lot can... of them are taking it pretty damn seriously. I think... Even Zack Ryder put his fucking thing to do, you know... Zack Ryder had the number one selling t-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees for a little bit. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, people love that dude still. Uh, no, the thing with EC3, and I, this is just spitballing on my account, because I don't know the guy very well is that um, he kind of got screwed. He kind of got screwed badly coming to to WWE uh, because he was the guy in Impact. Like, he had a hell of a winning streak. The guy's a legitimately good character wrestler. He's not great in the ring, but tells a good story and is a hell of a promo. And had a cup of coffee in NXT, and then they bring him up to the main roster and do jack shit with him. I literally, they don't even let, he never cut a single promo. 
I don't know that he ever had mic time. And that's to that kills his character dead, flat out dead. So the thing is, he had come from WWE originally. He was Derek Bateman in NXT back when it was still a game show, and then went elsewhere. Got I don't I can't remember if he got his own release or if he was fired or what, but went to Impact and made himself a star, and wanted to, in his own words, come home. He wanted to come back to WWE to to be where he wanted to be. And it's a story of the, the grass being greener on the other side. He came to WWE, and they butt-fucked him. Oof. So I, I'm i not going to say that the way he's hand, – if that's the way he's handling things, that I'm not, I'm not going to condone it, but I can understand being bitter. I'll, I'll put it that way. I can understand being absolutely bitter at, you know, getting your dream job back and making – you know, imagine – Cody, you know, going and leaving WWE and making a name for himself and wanting to come back to the company his dad helped build and have his triumphant return, get welcomed back with open arms only to be swept under the rug and never even put on screen. No, man, I get the reason for the bitterness. Right. I think it's like right. my issue is like... No, I, I don't... I, like I said, I don't think he's handling it the right way necessarily. I just think that I can understand a little bit of, this, of the bitterness to it. Yeah, and I mean, I think to each his own. You know, you 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 let a guy grieve his job and whatnot, and if right. it was his dream job, like you said, then that's that's unfortunate. But to come out and essentially where people are saying, "Hey, I would like to like honestly, I'm not gonna lie right here. I'll tell you, I'm considering reaching out to Mac Cordova, formerly Zack Ryder, and being like, "Hey, I can set up a voice interview. We can do a video chat to do so." you know, whatever, so we can feature it on this show and talk about his fucking journey and whatnot. Like, not just his WWE stop, but his life, man. There's so much more to that guy. And I wanted, and I thought about that for a lot of the guys that got released. Like, man, we should just be reaching out to these dudes and hitting them up and being like, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll hope Buckles can host an interview with whoever. You know, I can host an interview yeah. with whoever. You know, and having little interview segments or whatever. But, like, mm-hmm. EC3 being like, no, fuck you guys. I don't want to do your stupid shit is like, yeah. I'm not legitimizing any of my fans, and I don't want their help when I probably need it. Yeah. It's, yeah, I I don't really know where to go with that one, honestly. Wow. I mean, to be bitter is one thing. To be angry at the company is one thing. But, I mean, I'm also not going to be upset for somebody for getting angry or being released right now when the world is fucked. You know, I, I can't fault somebody for being emotional right now. And but again, there's things you shouldn't do too. So, um, any thoughts on any of the other releases directly? Uh, you know, it's interesting. Leo Rush, right before he got released, did the Chris Van Vliet show. Mm-hmm. So that interview is kind of interesting to go He's back an and watch dude. some of the things he's, he's saying an and whatnot. Dude. Uh, yeah. Heath Slater was very relaxed. Like I said, I watched a lot of these guys' different promos and stuff. Even Noeho was Zay was very just like grateful for his time and being able to have fun memories and whatnot. And like that's cool. Uh, I actually read a uh, I read a good interview about uh, Jose actually uh, that he never wanted that gimmick. No, he was told way. to have that gimmick and he never wanted it because he thought like the rest of the wrestling world that there's a definite ceiling to that gimmick. Like, uh, he, they asked him if he wanted to be No Way Jose, and he told him. You're you're joking, right? And then he came in the next day, and he's being called No Way Jose. 
Uh, see, I wouldn't have been cool with that. That's when you got to no. stand up and have a backbone. Just no. saying. But anyways, uh, um, no, man, this Black Wednesday thing is unfortunate. Kurt Angle, surprised that they let him go, but at the same time, not surprised. What? I'm not surprised given that he's not really doing anything at the moment. He's a legend, and just leave it at that. Bingo. That's all you have to say about that. Um, um, I will say that I called it. Yeah. I called it when I tweeted that uh, Drake Maverick was Machop, EC3 was Machoke, and yeah. Braun Strowman was Machamp because Drake Maverick was Machopped from the company. EC3 Machoked when he got back to the company, and now Braun Strowman is Machamp. That's true. It's very strange. I do think we uh, we're not seeing the last of any of these folks. I mean, I I, I kind of doubt we see much from uh, like the Colognes. They'll be back in 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 Puerto Rico. That doesn't surprise me at all. But like, I wouldn't be surprised to see Maverick go back to Impact. He was you know held very high regard there. EC three could probably go back there. Young Eric Young is a longtime Impact guy. Yep. Um. So I would not be at all be surprised there. Eric Rowan seems like a guy that would probably go to Impact to me. I don't know why. It just seems right. Uh, I see Leo Rush being an indie guy for a while. Maybe AEW, but I see him more in the indies for a while. Um, Gallows and Anderson, I could see them going to NWA. They're going back to Japan to for sure. I could see them going back to Japan. Did you see Carl Anderson's video? Uh, which one? The video right after they got released. I don't believe so. No. It was just like, you know, wherever the location he is right now, and then it's like some scenery, and then there's a flight, and then the last thing you see is Tokyo, Japan. Mm. So, sure. come on, man. Doc Gallows um, and Carl Anderson are going to go back and re... re- well, he also, he also tweeted something that he wants to see uh, Anderson and Gallows fight. Uh, he wants the Good Brothers versus... The Young Bucks versus FTR. Oh my God, that is a he's, dream he's match. Like a dream match. Is that the... out? There's a legitimate chance you could see that too. Well, and even if they go to New Japan, I think there's a legitimate yeah. chance we see that. There's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we got a little bit of confirmation as to what FTR, you know, formerly the Revival. Fear the Revolt. The, fear the Revolt. I'm. I will call them formerly the Revival for a little bit, but. Um, and more on them in just a quick second. Myself, I have to address something with them. But uh, they had the tease on uh, being the elite recently. I didn't actually see yesterday's episode, so you're going to fill me in. I know you sent me the picture or the little gif uh, of that it. That was pretty much it. It was the uh, the end of last week's episode, which I haven't seen the full 200 one. The Matt and, uh, the Matt and Nick fight. I haven't watched the whole thing yet. You need to. But that match is amazing. The, match, the end of the show... Uh, they're you know out back and look it up and they point at something in the clouds and say what the fuck is that and they do a little cliffhanger. Well, they end the cliffhanger at the end of the two hundred first episode with cloud formations of FTR. <laughs> yep. So pretty solidly stating that eh, at least they're on the on the uh, on the uh, radar. <laughs> well, and there and there's no doubt, man. They're going there. They have, have long yeah. been wanting yeah. to work together again. And um, I think this is a great opportunity for the re- the revolt, as it were. Yeah, I uh, I can't be any possibly way happier for them. Especially like I was happy to see them get out anyway because I felt like they were underused and weren't given a fair shake. And I've seen, we've all seen what they are capable of in NXT, but just after the release when 
the screenshots of what the, the costumes that Vince wanted to put them in leaked is nothing short of unbelievable. You had you had to have seen those, right? I actually didn't see them until it became the latest FTR shirt. Right. So now um, I've seen it, and it's un yeah, just it's, it's un un. I just don't understand where I, I I looked at. I was talking to my boss, who's actually a wrestling fan himself, and I said it looks like they got drugged through the dumpster behind a, behind a party city. I don't know who your boss is, but shout out to Buckles' boss, who's a wrestling fan. Hopefully, you listen to our podcast. Yeah, he does a little bit here and there. Nice. Um, but uh, no, I said yeah, they look like they've been drugged through the dumpster behind a party city, <laughs> like. It it is like this shitty like flavor flav clock and like they look like the the fucking jesters that the Hardys looked like at ninety five Royal Rumble. They they look like they're going to Lollapalooza circa nineteen ninety two. Do you know what I'm talking about though? The when they were just like jesters opening the door for people. First thought. Like top hat and the suspenders and the bow tie, make me. They're on like that's speed in like or that's 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 quaaludes. <laughs> that's that is a drug nightmare. And what the fuck are they supposed to be? Like there's there's no gimmick there other than it's it's too cool on acid. I I, I don't know. <laughs> the gimmick is just bad. That's what it's, the gimmick it's terrible. is. Terrible. Well, it, what it is is such good shit, y'all. <laughs> it's it's Vince running amok as always. Um, and I, quick aside with Vince, and I know I'm kind of jumping around here a bit, but like I said, I didn't watch last week's SmackDown when they when half the show apparently was devoted to sucking up to Triple H. Oh yeah, the celebration of 25 years of Triple H. Did you happen to see the clip at the end of the show? No, I heard Vince came out though. Vince came out, does not look good at all. Like he looks like he's he's seen some shit right now, oh. and he makes some really weird comments about like how Triple H is getting crickets, and they actually played like cricket soundtrack and just ended the show. Uh, he referenced the Bailey "It's Your Life" segment being terrible and said it wasn't Bailey's fault. He mentioned Katie Vick. Wow. He mentioned the Katie Vick segment. Vince did. On TV. Yeah. Wow. And then he they has ended the got show some with screws loose. They ended the show with crickets and Vince going, well, I guess that's the show, and then walks away. It was, to call it weird as fuck is just, yeah. Um, I've seen reports, uh, I can't remember where it was. It may have been uh, Russell Votes that commented something on it. That Vince's mindset right now is just fuck it. Like he's lost so much money from XFL, all the shit with the releases, the stockholder stuff, the pandemics fucking everything up. WrestleMania was a weird situation. He's involved with politics now. He's on. Sued by the former commissioner of the XFL, uh, Oliver or Andrew Luck's dad. Over wrongful termination. Yeah, over wrongful termination uh, for when they declared bankruptcy. So there's reports that Vince is just like, fuck it, whatever. I'm just going to wing it now. Ooh, uh, Vince boy. Report, 
I even uh, saw a report before uh, coming on the show tonight that uh, I think it was uh, uh, what culture is reporting that anybody that wants their release, Vince is willing to grant it at this point. Wow. Which yeah. is a far cry, far, far cry. Just a few months ago. A few months ago when they were signing and keeping everybody. Um, and really, I actually had this thought the other day uh, while watching Raw is that I'm not, I'm not condoning firing people at all. I, I let me let me preface this with I'm not I'm not thrilled to see anybody lose their job, but I want all the best for the folks that are there, and you know I feel for the guys like Rusev and and EC3 and all of them. I don't want to see WWE sign anybody for a hot minute, even once this all blows over, because this the last few weeks and you and I talked about how. Uh, some of the normal stars are not on the show and how these younger folks and different people are getting pushes. It's kind of shed some light on just how over bloated the roster is the main roster wise, at least. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and how fresh it does feel seeing some of these new faces and fe- seeing this, which almost feels like a soft reboot. Well, and you have to look at it as a soft reboot because everything is changing so dramatically. And, you know, even though wrestling has been deemed essential, which means I don't know right. this is a headline or not, but let's cover it for a second. AEW is yeah. getting ready to return to Jacksonville to continue tapings. Yeah. Um, right now, the question on everybody's mind for WWE and for AEW for everybody is uh, to live or not to live, you know? It's do we tape shows or do we go live? Uh, AEW taped two months apparently worth of, of shows and I don't know what they're doing with them because now they're reportedly going to live every other week. Interesting. Uh, Vince and WWE got the go-ahead to go live and filmed all of Raw and SmackDown live last week and I believe this week and now are backing off at it and are supposedly going to pre-tape shows again. I think they actually pre-taped next week's show last night. Well, how do you think... I mean, listen, how how would you feel? I want you to think about this. How would you feel if fucking you're a wrestler and you just want to do your job and be done? Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we're not going to just do it in the early afternoon and just get things over with and cut our right. segments when we cut it. We're going to wait and make it a thing, even though we're going to do it in front of nobody. So live, quote-unquote, doesn't mean shit. There really isn't a good answer. Like, there really isn't a good solution to it. And what sucks is because it's the state of the world we're living in that there really isn't a good answer for anybody. Uh, You know, you can do it live and probably put on a slightly better show and you know keep your contracts happy and keep your your fan base I'm not going to say happy but your your clients and your 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 stockholders happy which you're kind of at the mercy of regardless uh but by taping live you're putting people at risk or you can pre-tape shows and have them be weird and not what is ideal for anybody, but have better quality shows. It's uh, honestly the last couple of weeks of Raw, because of the the 
kind of amended roster have been very watchable. I've been very good, in fact. Um, they're still three hours long, but you're not getting as many <clears throat> matches. You're getting longer form matches. You're getting story continuity throughout the night. And that's something that's been lacking for years. That's one of the reasons I say I don't want them to sign people because having that small roster is actually benefiting them right now. Yeah, you got to make chicken salad out of chicken shit to just go back to it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can't fault guys like AEW for wanting to go back to live when they have the ability to. But, you know, where's the balance there? What's the What's the happy medium or the best compromise to keeping everybody safe but still being able to produce new content? It's a very tricky, delicate tightrope, bro, and mm-hmm. I think that it's a. Uh, we'll it's see how it plays until it doesn't play well. It's going to continue to be as such. Like the fact that they're, the fact that AEW is even able to tape live is due to WWE being declared essential. It was flat out. It's because that it wasn't just WWE that was declared; it was all sports. Now I heard an interesting thing. Yeah. WWE is looking to possibly try to get deemed essential in other states. Did Wouldn't you hear about me. this? Wouldn't surprise me, especially with, again, Vince and Trump are close, and now Trump is talking about reopening the company and or country, and and that may happen soon. So it doesn't surprise me to hear that, that he's looking at what other options are available to him. And, I mean, playing devil's advocate, if you're the company, why not? You know, if you find that there are other are that there are other avenues open to you, why not explore them? Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad thing, and you can, you know, uh, maybe employ different teams and groups that, you know, right. maybe wouldn't other, you know, looking at whatever. That's that's all possibilities and hearsays and whatnot like that, man. Uh, with this, I just, as long as wrestling gets back to being really quality again, I'm fine with it. You are giving me hope to want to watch some Raw and stuff. Like okay. I will say, Raw is definitely worth watching at the moment. Okay, so see, uh, I'm probably going to watch yeah. uh, the last Raw that aired from last night. I'll uh, Hulu that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, before we get out of here, uh, there's a couple things we got to do, and we're going to have to just kind of be lightning fast about it as best we can because uh, you and I put a time limit on this episode tonight, so we're trying to be good mm-hmm. about that and keep our word. First of all, you said there was still some NXT news to discuss. Do you want to throw that down a real little quick? bit, of, little quick, uh, quick hit headlines here. Uh, we have some debuts. I mentioned uh, E. Hill Phantasma debuted. We have Timothy Thatcher making his on-screen debut uh, with Riddle last week. Uh, we have the new tag team of Indus Share to uh, Giant Indian Men, um, managed by Malcolm Bivens, which is fun to watch. Uh, you have Charlotte is uh, going to be challenging Io Shirai uh, after she takes on uh, Mia Yim first. Um, we have the debut, and I I hate saying this name. Killer Cross is debuting as Carrion Cross, K A R R I O N Cross. Stop which it. To me, okay, I'm gonna be full disclosure here. I hate the name. I hate Same. It. I get it. Not I. I get the context that he's going for with you know Carrion and and Roadkill and you know being a serial killer sociopath. I get it. Carrion Cross sounds less like a serial killer and more like the Passion of the Christ. <laughs> Thank you. Dude, it sounds like that is so bad. Well, it's Easter time to be Carrion Cross. Yeah, that's so terrible. Oh, but it's um, it's not good. 
we have the uh, the full on debut of the heel Gargano family. Ooh, uh, which is a great little segment if you get a chance to watch it, where they literally have the cup that Gargano wore under glass on the dining room table. Um, heel Candice LeRae is kind of a revelation. I kind of like it, and she's creepy, and I like it. Um, the biggest news, not news, we don't really know what's going on yet, is Velveteen Dream. <laughs> oh, you yeah. You and I have talked about Fuck. this privately. Um, and I don't know how much time to devote to it, considering we don't have all the details yet. Uh, nothing's been announced or really come up in the last 24 to 48 hours. Um, Velveteen Dream is right now in line for a title shot. He's their main title push. Uh, he is the babyface challenger to Adam Cole coming up. But then very recently something came up where apparently he was perving on underage uh, boys and girls and sending unsolicited dick pics. And supposedly he, he claims he was hacked, but there's some pretty damning video and audio of him that sounds just like him. I don't know. I didn't see any of the video. I heard the audio I've, and that. I've heard the audio, yeah. The, it's absolutely him. It sounds absolutely like him. Uh, it is um, 100% him. Listen, yeah. and I think you probably have this too. You can hone in on a voice extra special because you have a, a lesser hearing ability. Yeah. And you can tell certain people are talking because sometimes it's easier to find a person by their voice when it's hard to hear people. Yeah. He, uh, again, we don't know enough about the situation and there's been no confirmation on any of it. So we don't know what's going on. So I can't really say too much, but not a good time to be pushing him during all this. And well, honestly, whether or not they continue to push him is going to be kind of telling to me what the, what's actually going on. Yeah. And like, let's see, does he get Enzo down the company or not? Right. Enzo was completely not lying. He was being truthful. Right. And uh, got well, fired. He's still being, he's still a douchebag. He, like he, him, yeah, I mean that's fine, whatever. But he, well, he did, he did lie to the company in that saying that there, nothing had happened, that there was no, no validity to any of that. She was lying about him, yes, but there was still a criminal investigation going on that he had not told them about. Yeah, and that was what needed to be disclosed. Yeah. Um, but yeah. The so Velveteen stuff. The Velveteen Dream stuff, man. It, it's very disappointing if it's true. Yeah. Uh, it seems like, unfortunately, from my uh, it sounds very true gorilla press uh, fucking coverage of this. The way I see it, man, it's him, unfortunately, and it's gonna take a lot to get this one to go away. And I don't know if it will, yeah. because listen, so far, so far, it really hasn't touched off anywhere but Reddit. Listen, so I think as soon as a major news media gets a hold of it that's going to kill him one way or the other, whether or not there's any validity to it. If TMZ gets a hold of it, eh, court of public opinion is going to kill him dead. Oh, totally. Because listen, I mean, him asking a 15 year old, what school do you go to? I don't give a fuck. You don't do that. Yeah. You know how many 15 year olds I've asked in my current lifetime as an adult, what school they go? None. No, I don't fucking know any. It's not good. It's not a good look one way or the other. And even if, and this is a big if, even if he's completely, you know, innocent in all of it, like I said, court of public opinion will kill him stone dead. There's, there is very little coming back from that. Uh, so yeah, it's going to bear some watching here in the future, unfortunately. Um, 
that's all the quick hits from WWE or from WWE and from NXT. Did you want to hit uh, any AEW before you get into anything else? Honestly, man, the thing with AEW is is that the product is kind of slow. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want you guys to take it the wrong way. Uh, but I do have a couple headlines. But being the elite was like has been really good lately, and when it's outshining your Wednesday night product by happenstance, that's not necessarily a good thing. Well, you got to think that being elite, being the elites shining right now because you have guys like SCU and guys like the Young Bucks that are on being the elite because they can't be on Dynamite. No, you're absolutely they're right. West, they're staying on the West Coast, yeah. It's just so, that I mean, it's that whole six of one, half a dozen of the other yeah. thing, though, you know? Yeah, like, you've got a lot of your your prime talent is now on one show and not the other. Simple there. Um, a couple things, just touch on a few headlines. You do have the Moxley... Uh, Jake Hager match that it wasn't bad. It wasn't really much of anything. I'm kind of burned out on the on empty arena hardcore brawling in the stand shows. Because um, I've seen a lot of those in the last two three weeks, so that kind of lost its novelty. Um, we have the TNT tournament, which seems to be building to Cody versus uh, to Cody versus uh, uh, Lance uh, Archer. Thank you, thank you. I couldn't. Th- I've, couldn't think of his name. I could picture him for a second. I couldn't think of his name. No worries. Seems to be building to that. Um, we have the uh, couple iterations of the Bubbly Bunch, which is Jericho being fucking fantastic Jericho. Um, I do want to uh, spotlight one little thing real quick. Uh, you said you're a couple uh, episodes back on on Dynamite. Haven't seen. Just last week's is all I've missed. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was last week's episode that they have a Wardlow versus local talent like squash match. And it is one of the more fun squash matches I've watched in a while. Wardlow fucks that dude up. Did they give J- Matt Hardy saying the rules of the squash match? Uh, no, they they didn't. Uh, that's been kept to BTE for the most part. Man, rules for squash match. Yeah, fucking kills me, no, dude. He's hilarious. No, um, no, it was just it's a straight up enhancement match for Wardlow, but. He just flat out brutalizes the guy. There's a knee strike in there that just makes you makes your face hurt watching it. Um, his finisher, and I I don't want I don't know what he's calling it, if it's the F10 or the F50 or whatever. It's an F5, but he spins into it. Ooh! So it's almost like uh, if you're watching a track and field event, watching somebody do a discus shot put. or shot put. Yeah, yeah, shot put. Shot put where they take that couple skip steps and spin. Imagine doing that into an F5 and just helicoptering a guy <laughs> awesome it, it is it, no it's fun as shit to watch i'm i actually put up something on twitter like i'm not gonna lie i could watch about 50 wardlow squatches right now if that was fun as shit <laughs> hell yeah um, that's really all i had for AEW. like you said they're they're a little uh slow going right now um i'm kind of interested to see what supposedly they, they tape two months of events so if they do live stuff now are they just going to intercut it are they going to use it for dark how much of a storyline based is this going to be an archive thing that we see 20 years from now? I'm kind of curious to see what happens here. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I am looking forward to the ride for sure. I'm excited mm-hmm. to get back to Wednesday night and watch oh. dynamite yet again. One other thing is that uh, WWE let go of their uh, trademark or let expire their trademark on uh, the Cody Rhodes name. So Cody may actually get his last name again. Oh, that's probably, that's definitely going to happen. 
Cody was I in an interview recently, and he said that he checks it daily, things that he's trying to get I, from I, them. I'm pretty sure that they they intentionally let it go for him. Oh, that's nice. So I, I do think that's the case. Well, um, yeah, that's all the headlines I've got. Um, I think I'll save the uh, someone to watch for next show. Okay, we'll save the someone to watch for next show. We're going to do a short and sweet, but still very, very entertaining, I do believe. You've mm-hmm. got the book. It's my turn right. to say what we're going to book. Yep, yep. We're going to turn the tides back 2013 going into 2014, and we are going to book the last year and a half of CM Punk's uh, run in professional wrestling. Now, what kicked off what ultimately becomes the downward spiral in CM Punk's career is his loss to The Rock at the Royal Rumble. Uh, Buckles, did you want me to kick this off, or would you like to kick uh, this off? This is all this is all on you, man. I, I actually don't have a whole lot built for it myself. I was going to let you steer this one yourself. Okay. You've got the book here, man. Okay, so I've got the book, and here's what's going to happen. We're so, gonna have the Rock hold on. CM Punk match before, at Rumble. Before you, before you go, before you go full into what you have, can we run down what actually happened first? Sure. So we have a little frame of reference, please. Because if, if I recall correctly, he lost the title to the Rock at the Rumble, and then after that, that's when he went into his uh, feud with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, uh, the Paul uh, the Paul Bearer thing. He had a feud with the Shield on his way out, and then was. Uh, supposed to be feuding with, I believe, Kane at the Rumble the next year. And the Rumble in 2014 was his last match. Correct. And then the Monday Night Raw following, he leaves the company for good. That's right. Okay. Okay. So, what you just said, it's all good and well, but we're going to scrub it from the history books because that's not what happened. I got the books. This is what we're going to do. CM Punk versus The Rock. Sure, it's a great match, but there was a moment in that build-up, and we use it in our intro, your arms are just <laughs> too short to box with God. One of my favorite lines of his, yes. CM Punk proved in that moment that he was the master of the microphone and could stand toe-to-toe with the greatest on the microphone, mm-hmm. hands down, and and not miss a step or a beat, and they could just go shot for shot, okay? And that was some of the best wrestling promos was rock and punk, right? Oh, yeah. And I love Rock, you know, when he first, the first uh, run in between those two, he hit the ropes to do the people's elbow and ran into the GTS, like, beautiful, Mm -hmm. you know. So that night, Rock winning doesn't, to me, make any sense. Punk's already on a historic title run, 434 days. Right. He is climbing into this very, very historic special territory. You only have to keep the belt on him for a short while longer to really set things forward, and I'm going to show you how we do it. So, Punk wins at the Rumble, and obviously continues into the Elimination Chamber as your WWE Champion, ever inching closer to that magical 500-day mark. We're getting closer to the to the WrestleMania, and Mania is probably like day 497 or something. It's close. Something like that, yeah. And we're going to put... We're going to do the same feud that they did because we are going to put Brock Lesnar up against up against Punk. And Punk's going to prevail. And everybody's going to be like, yeah. wow, he has done it. He's beat everybody. Every person that we've put in his path, without question, he is undoubtedly beat. He is the greatest champion. Whatever can we do? And then 
We're going to give you everything you want for WrestleMania 30 right now, Buckles. But we're going to do it a little bit differently because on the other side of WrestleMania, who challenges CM Punk for his title? Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan is like, hey, really, we've never gone toe-to-toe for that belt and 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 I and I need you and me to really do something different. And what we've done in the past is old, and I'm sick of it. I want to I want to re-evolutionize the game and change it all up. So, as they build a feud with a couple easier leveled matches, we do you know maybe a a, a chairs match or something, you know a, a hell in a cell or something, a steel cage match or whatever, and your different smaller pay per views. Um, at Money in the Bank, The Rock actually wins Money in the Bank. Okay? Okay. It's going to play into all of the things that need to happen. Just trust me. So, The Rock wins the Money in the Bank. Punk is still continuing his feud. He's over, or continuing his reign. He's over 500 days now, and he just keeps somehow having the step on Brian. He gets help from the outside. He, you know, uh, DQs himself to win matches in different events and situations. Essentially, you kind of not really the same, but you take the Batista Triple H program of 2005 and set it on okay. fire with. Punk and Brian, okay? You already know those two can do great matches because what you're building towards is is SummerSlam. Okay? Okay. This is where everything is going to change and we're going to we're going to work our way out of this pickle that we're in cuz Punk is really exponentially longest title reign since Bruno San Martino by a long shot, you know, 600 day territory. It's SummerSlam and it's Daniel Bryan versus CM Punk in a one-hour Iron Man match. Okay, you got me there. I like it. And they tear the house down to an absolute draw. Okay. Neither of them can answer the call of 10 in the final seconds of the match. And Punk's like, you didn't really beat me, and I didn't really beat you. But I want to do that again. So, the next night on Raw, they immediately do a second one-hour Iron Man match. In the final seconds, Punk has the lead. Everyone's certain Punk is going to win. Time runs out. Punk victorious. There's shock. He actually did it. He beat Daniel Bryan. Okay. If you smell, the rock runs out, oh. hits the rock bottom on Punk, pins him for the title, and says, look, bitch, I didn't beat you last time, but I didn't take you seriously. So now you're playing a different game. Instead of me chasing you, I've got the belt. You have to chase me. Okay. They go to Survivor Series. They do not have a match where the belt is up for grabs. You have a Team Punk, Team Rock match. Interestingly enough, Team Punk is made up of The Shield, 
a now debuting Rusev, who Punk suggests gets called up a little bit earlier and brought to the fold a little bit sooner. Okay. And a mystery final person, it's most likely CM Punk. Five. Rock's team okay. is like friends, legends. He gets fully, fully convinces Edge to be a part of it. You know, the the the, the, the characters that are a part of it don't really matter because there's one thing that happens, it's major. The shield is going to get decimated right here. Okay. Because Roman is going to betray the shield and Team Punk to side with his family member, The Rock. Okay. Rock's like, see, now I got the upper hand on you. I even took somebody from your team, and I'm, I'm, I'm running it. I told you I was the greatest of all time. I wasn't lying. And I'm starting to kind of get bored with you, Punk. This is this is tiresome. How about we finish this feud at the Rumble where it all began? You know, so, hey, once in a lifetime, twice, you're getting it, but it's different. Okay. This time, it's a steel cage match, Rock versus Punk. You book the Rock to look like he is going to run over Punk. Punk steals the victory, okay? Ask me why he steals the victory, Buckles. Why does he steal the victory, Nate? Because John Cena slams the steel cage into the Rock's skull, reigniting their feud. Oh, God. Okay. And, you know, Cena just really isn't happy with how that all ended, you know? Mm -hmm. He obviously had just a once-in-a-lifetime match with The Rock because it doesn't happen a second time, especially not with the title on the line. Punk was champ, you know, so that didn't happen. So Cena has something to go for now, and what you build to is the WrestleMania. You get a WrestleMania 30 triple threat match just like you had. You get The Rock. You get CM Punk. And you think you're going to get John Cena. And John Cena at Elimination Chamber through storyline gets hurt. Okay. Miraculous that John Cena's hurt. Who are we going to replace him in this triple threat match that we've been talking about? Oh, just the king of the yes movement that is now building momentum because he was the guy (laughs) that almost had the brass ring and just couldn't do it. Okay. Daniel Bryan. Okay. So now you're going to WrestleMania. It's CM Punk, The Rock versus Daniel Bryan. Triple threat match for the WWE title only. The the world title's off doing its own thing. We don't need unification and all. I ain't worried about that bullshit. It's not important. Punk feels a little confident. He stole the title from The Rock. So... He's feeling pretty good about it. He got, you know, a little bit of help from his former arch nemesis, Cena, you know, in an ultimate switch to Doozle Roozle. He's like, this is how confident I am, Rock and Daniel Bryan. If I lose, I quit. If (laughs) I lose this match, I'm done. There you go. And obviously, in a very amazing match that we can have where maybe the young dudes, Bryan and Punk, team up against the rock for a little bit to really put the old dude out and down 
and then get back to their business. And we've seen them have two one-hour phenomenal Ironman matches. And here we go again. They have time on the biggest stage of them all. Punk gets his WrestleMania moment in the main event. Daniel Bryan gets his moment in the main event. The Rock still gets to have some spotlight and add some shine to the championship match. Daniel Bryan gets to go over, gets to have his Mania moment. Punk gets what he wants. They quote-unquote retire him for six months. And eventually they can bring him back if he so chooses. Yep. I like it. I that, definitely like it. That's what I would do. I know there's some weird twists and turns and some loose ends there, but it's pretty easy just about building. I hate this personally. I loved back several years ago in the Ruthless Aggression era even when feuds went on for the better part of a year. Right. JBL versus John Cena started before WrestleMania 21, went long past WrestleMania 21, baby. Those are the kind of things that are memorable because there are multiple matches where if you're Triple H, you just can't get the title back from the big beast. Or if you're if you're JBL, this young kid just happens to have your number. And that tells a great story in a bigger picture essence. Right, and unfortunately that's something that WWE does not do very well anymore. No, they forgot that it's it even exists, form. man. Yeah, and it's long-form storytelling and continuity that they cannot seem to match up on anymore. No, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I definitely agree but with you. But I don't know if there's anything you would change or do differently or if you want to take the books and, and book yourself uh, out differently with that. I think I would probably do my punk uh, my punk last year a little differently, but I, lo- I do like where you came up with. I think I'm going to do something similar. Uh, I'll have the book for our next show. And I think what I'm going to do is uh, another year-long stretch um, with a character that I'm not really that big a fan of or never have been that big a fan of, but missed a chance to have that character moment. To me, what I want to do, honestly, involving The Rock as well, I want to do the year between twice in a lifetime. I want to do the year between, uh, I believe it's 28 and 29. Correct. Mania. So between Roxena, uh, Roxena 1 and Roxena 2, and how I think the uh, Cena character should have done. So we may end up with the same ending, but I want to have a different journey. I love it. And I think the Cena character needed to have a different journey there. So that'll be where I'm taking the book next time. Awesome, brother man. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. We don't have anything else to add, really. I think we're in good shape, actually. I think we're getting out right at about an hour and a half. Man, we're doing it well. We're, we're not us. in trouble this week, damn it. <laughs> uh, anyways, folks, you can check out Journey Into Wrestling every other Wednesday right here on the Journey Into Comics Network. Get us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, many others. Just search Journey Into Comics Network. Get our community of shows. It's a community of people that come together from all around to bring you amazing content from their hearts and souls, especially in this very trying and crazy time. Uh, Make sure you're checking out all the shows on the Journey into Comics Network as we do produce a lot of amazing stuff. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Journey into Wrestling. Season 4, episode 16. Not sure what the fuck we're going to title this one. Figure it out when we get there. I've been Nate. Still buckles. Still in quarantine. Still keeping safe and wanting you to do the same. And we will see you folks later. Hit us with a little bit of that too sweet. (laughs) Later, guys.